Hello, welcome back to another episode of the I am actually very, very, very efficient today podcast. Already done quite a bunch, um, mainly because my meal today, my lunch was a very fast one. You know, I just had a can of lentils, a big one. And um, in the oven, I don't know, you can't see the oven. And uh, there's also a cake, a rather healthy cake. Might also have to get up in the, the recording or while I'm recording to just um, see it and, 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 and figure out and uh, adjust that it is not burning. Anyway, we're going to go ahead with The Purposeful Life, I think it is called. I'm actually not quite sure. And Challenging Cultural Norms. And in the very first section here in this little tiny... What is going on? A little tiny box here. I think there's already something rather interesting and rather good to know and rather good to think about. So, Challenging Cultural Norms. The search for the purpose of life has puzzled people for thousands of years. That's because we typically begin at the wrong starting point, ourselves. We ask self-centered questions like, what do I want to be? What should I do with my life? What are my goals, my ambitions, my dreams for my future? But focusing on ourselves will never reveal our life's purpose. For thousands of years, brilliant philosophers have discussed and speculated about the meaning of life. Philosophy is an important subject and has its use, but when it comes to determining the purpose of life, when the wisest philosophers are just guessing. I'm sorry, even the wisest philosophers are just guessing. And yes, and I mean, I do want to point out, they are very, very wise, you know? They really have something inside of their fucking skull. Anyway, contrary to what many popular books, movies and seminars tell you, you won't discover your life's meaning by looking within yourself. You have probably tried that already. You didn't create yourself, so there is no way you can tell yourself what you were created for. Well, difficult one. Really, really difficult one. I still believe that. By, well, how should I put it? I still believe that one can create purpose. If it is your quote-unquote real purpose or not, does it matter? Well, not for me at least, um, but by thinking about things and by just trying to figure things out, you can give yourself purpose. You know, we can do that. We can convince ourselves that something is purposeful and that something is worth doing, which is something that I had to think about because, as I said in the last episode, I've really been struggling with that. No matter what the fuck I've been doing or I am doing, I do not really feel fulfilled because I do not feel that it is worthwhile doing. There is no purpose in doing so. There is no meaning. So what happens uh, is when somebody thinks about it, you know, and thinks about the thing that you're doing and you, well, you can create purpose quite out of thin air for everything that you're doing. For example, you're resting. You know, you're doing absolutely fucking nothing. Is this purposeful? Well, no. But on the other hand, well, yes. Because it gives you more energy to do this other thing. And or it prevents you from overworking uh, if you're prone to that. Like, I think you just, you know, figure out what what I'm aiming for. Like, we can always create reasons. Maybe not necessarily meaning, but maybe you can derive meaning from reason. Anyway, I think you know what I mean. Like, 
we really can construct pretty great narratives for ourselves that on one hand can serve us pretty well, on the other hand, sometimes they really do not serve us. Like, just completely not. Like, they're just utterly useless and just hurting ourselves. I have read many books that suggest ways to discover the purpose of my life. All of them could be classified as quote-unquote self-help books because they approach the subject from a self-centered viewpoint. Self-help books, even Christian ones, usually offer the same predictable steps to finding your life's purpose. Consider your dreams, clarify your values, set some goals, figure out what you're good at, aim high, go for it, be disciplined, believe you can achieve your goal, evolve others and never give up. You need more than self-help advice. The Bible says self-help is no, is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way to finding yourself your true self. This is not a self-help book. It is not about finding the right career, achieving your dreams or planning your life. It is not about how to cram more activities into an overloaded schedule. Actually, it will teach you how to do less in life by focusing on what matters most. Some scheme or a way of living that you probably also have heard about before. It is about becoming what God created you to be. God is not just the starting point of your life, he is the source of it. To discover your purpose in life, you must turn to God's words, not the world's wisdom. You must build your life on eternal truth, not pop psychology, success, motivation, or inspirational stories. But how do I do that? You know, this is my question that fires into my head. Period. You must make a counterculture decision to focus on becoming more like Jesus. Otherwise, other forces like peers, parents, co-workers and culture will try to mold you into their image. They they try, but you know, you can do something about that. I I do not really want to say that I have something against this worldview, but at this stage it is not very tangible for me, you know. I don't really see the usefulness in it. Uh, you know, by saying, okay, self-help books regarding something like this, regarding the purpose of life, he's not talking about them in general, they um, they do not work. Yes, this could be the truth, but yeah, anyway, do not even have the right words to, to say what I'm willing to say and express what I'm willing to express. I'm just watching the clock. It's been seven minutes. Seven minutes is quite a lot for a cake. I don't want to just, I do want it to be cake. Well, let me, before we go through through busyness, slowing down and simple living, which essentially is also something that we went through in Ikigai, and which is, you know, ba- basically Ikigai per se. And why is it wet there? I do not understand. And why is it plugged in there? I do not understand as well. Well, it looks actually way, 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 way better. Like really, really, really good now. So I think that I am gonna leave it there. Actually, it really looks good. Looking forward to eating it. Also because I can eat it without feeling bad about it. Because it is a rather healthy one. Anyway, a life devoted to things is a dead life, a stump. A God-shaped life is a flourishing tree. Proverbs. Well, um, what I... Nah, I shouldn't. Busyness is a great enemy of relationships. We become preoccupied with making a living, doing our work, paying bills and accomplishing goals as if these tasks are the point of life. They are not. Oh, guess what? 
The point of life is learning to love God and people. Life minus love equals zero. Well, I do believe in love. Um, yeah, I really do. Um, it has shown to me in uh, multiple different ways that it is, first of all, very, very, very empowering, you know. There might actually be also some proverbs about that, like, um, you know, you can rip out trees out of the earth or some shit. Might be something like that. Um, but on the other hand, also very, very, very incredibly destructive. Like, more destructive than anything else, actually, that I've experienced in my life. Love has been in my life to kind of summarize that and, and bring it into perspective and, and show, like, the the magnitude of what it did to me. Um, well, this kind of is a bit dramatic, but really empowering to probably be in the best mood of my life and quite also even though it is really hard to uh, really difficult to um to to put into perspective regarding my whole life you know because of course now i am in a different situation than i've been back in the days completely different situation you know really just utterly different but um something that i can for sure say is that love many times in my life has distracted me just completely you know leaving me like down for multiple days uh, longer periods of time uh, which you know of course is also due to my thinking and the way of, of seeing things and so on and so forth like of course this really is a great part of it and it's been a great part of it anyway a business is a great enemy of relationships oh i'm sorry God views our lives from and for eternity, so he is never in a hurry. T today we are obsessed with speed, but God is more interested in strength and stability than swiftness. We want the quick fix, the shortcut, the on-the-spot solution. We want a salmon, a salmon. I don't even know what a sermon is or salmon, whatever. A homely address, speech, talk, discourse... It's even the exact same word in... Oh, I see. Uh, I, I understand. A seminar or an experience that will instantly resolve all problems, remove all temptation and release us from all growing pains. But really maturity is never the result of a single experience, no matter how powerful or moving growth is gradual. And yes, of course, uh, certain uh, experiences are going to move the needle further than others of course if you move to a different country whether it is vacation or to live there actually this is gonna form you differently than your daily experience of just being at the grocery store even though i think it also depends on what you're experiencing there um but i guess you know what i mean still yes i would also say that it is rather gradual it actually looks increasingly good, but I I really can't tell for sure when it's been enough. You know, when I can can leave it and be sure that it is great and good and whatnot. 
difficult, really, really difficult. Also considering that my, if you want to call it cake, I'm going to call it cake, has been in the oven for quite some time now. Probably like, you know, 20 to, to 30 minutes, something around that. Anyway, let's see. Should I... You know, it's actually pretty strange to say, well, I'm, I'm going to move it out of the oven. Or maybe I'm just going to turn off the oven. But I also want to cool it down or let it cool down. Well, I think it should be fine. Um, hopefully going to cut that out. Maybe also not. Or because I'm not sure, it actually looks and feels way cakier. Then also yesterday, I think yesterday, I made the mistake of um, pulling it out a bit too quick. But a problem that I'm having today is that I've used some aroma, you know, some baking aroma, because I thought, well, let's just use it, you know. But I put in way too much. And I made the experience before that when you use too much, it gets really bitter and very awful in taste, up to the point where I wasn't able to eat my food. Um, well, I didn't use it for baking back then but rather in my oats, and it's been just completely shit, and I, I, I really hated it. But anyway, let's move ahead. It's not about the cake today, but it is about the purposeful life. <laughs> um, knowing your purpose... Have I... Knowing your purpose simplifies your life. It defines what you do and what you don't. Your purpose becomes the standard you use to evaluate which activities are essential and which aren't. Purpose-driven... Purpose-driven living leads to a simpler lifestyle and a saner schedule. Your value is not determined by your valuables. And God says the most valuable thing in life are not things. Money has the greatest potential to replace God in your life. More people are sidetracked from serving by materialism than by anything else. The Bible is very clear. God uses money to test your faithfulness as a servant. That is why Jesus talked about more about money, I'm sorry, than he did about either heaven or hell. I actually didn't know about that, but now I know. If this is right, like, one needs to fact-check that and whatnot to see so. But I, I really like religious texts for, first of all, the sake of its um, representation of history and the representation of um you know things that have happened if this is actually viable i actually don't know um like if if they aren't just stories or it really happened or to which degree it happened but still um also very interesting to me it is in terms of uh, consuming it as some sort of a philosophical piece and philosophical um, script to just get certain answers, for example, also for how to use money and how to deal with the money and um, also how to deal with death and so on and so forth and kind of reading in between the lines a bit more than just, you know, the regular book. Um, very interesting to me, very, very, very interesting to me. And I've also had the great privilege I do really want to call it privilege to have a religious teacher. I don't know what it is like in your country, but in Austria, we still have religion as a subject. But um, yeah, that really just depends on who your teacher is 
and how he or she is willing to well teach that. We did a lot of um, well, quite philosophical thinking and reading in between the lines, not necessarily regarding the Bible or just, you know, um, Christianity per se, but also different religions. And it's been actually very, very interesting. Also architecture and whatnot. Pretty cool. I enjoy that. Shout out to you. You're never going to see that, but shout out to you. The purpose of suffering, which is a subject and topic that a ton of people had to think about and wanted to figure out. Pain is God's megaphone. C.S. Lewis. Your most profound and intimate experiences of worship will likely be in your darkest days. Yes, they have been. When your heart is broken, when you feel abandoned, when you're out of options, when the pain is great. And you turn to God alone. That is during suffering that we learn to pray our most authentic, heartful, honest to God prayers. When we are in pain, we don't have the energy for superficial prayers. In order to keep us from becoming too attached to earth, God allows us to feel a significant amount of discontent and dissatisfaction in life. Belongings that will never be fulfilled on this side of eternity. We're not completely happy here because we're not supposed to be. Earth is not our final home. We were created for something much better. But why are we there then if we were created for something better than earth? I actually would really like to have an answer for that. Um, and one should not take this as a cynical or sarcastic or whatever question, you know. Just, I meant it as I said it, you know, not in a negative way. Pain is the fuel of passion. It energizes us with an intensity to change that we don't normally possess. God has a purpose behind every problem. He uses circumstances to develop our character, which I think is a very great way to see things, you know. Whenever we are count whenever we are encountering something negative, something um, disastrous, whatever it might be, thinking about the purpose this might have is pretty empowering and pretty great because maybe there is one, maybe there isn't. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. But still, you will never know that God is all you need until God is all you've got. The secret of endurance is to remember that your pain is temporary, but your reward will be eternal. We are only human. If it takes a crisis to get you to admit this, God won't hesitate to allow it, because he loves you. God often attaches a major weakness to a major strength to keep our egos in check. A limitation can act as a governor to keep us from going too fast and running ahead of God. Your greatest life messages and your most effective ministry will come out of your deepest hurts. And I can fucking sign that and really say, yes, this is the case. Still, um, something that came to my mind as I was reading this and, um, well, this book in general is really heavy in religious topics and um, religious thoughts and religious words as well. As God uh, might be taken as a religious term or whatever. But what I want to say and, and ask you to is to view this piece of literature as something, um, you know, not necessarily as something literal, you know, this piece of literature, not literal, <laughs> anyway, but to, to also read in between the lines and maybe see words merely as words, you know, without the connotation that they are having, without the meaning they have attached, you know what I mean?
and just taking those messages um, as plainly as you can and well plainly in the sense of okay what they mean to you should be analyzed you know because a ton of things are connotated very heavily might be in a negative way might be in a positive way but especially when it is in a negative way i would really ask you to just and i'm also trying to do so to 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 see those things and and ask myself like okay what could this mean to you? you know how could i use that okay i'm seeing it as just merely words they don't mean anything to me i'm at least trying to do so or trying to to put things like that but yeah um still a very interesting book you know i, I don't want to say that it is bad or whatnot it's just heavy and religious topics which is also very difficult for me to go through as a podcast because um yeah very controversial or it can be very controversial and very um yeah can backfire quite a bit you know also in terms of how i represent and present the whole thing anyway i wish you the best i hope that you're doing well i hope you're well off as well as your family and i'm gonna see you the next time so bye bye